Blog Talk Radio. Do you want to elevate your mind? Do you want to shift your life? Well, sit back and relax. It's time for another episode of The Shift with Skip. Get ready to roll. Well, get ready to roll. Hello, everyone, and happy Wednesday, happy hump day, happy shift day. I'm Skip Jennings, and I'm your host for The Shift with Skip, and this is Transformational Day. So we are kicking it off, and um, I'm, I'm really happy about this show. This is a great show that we're following up, all the mindful eating shows that we did and the juicing shows and all the things that we were talking about, about how to be more healthy, how to have your own personal shift in your own life. And today is no different. Today we're going to go deep into the body temple, into the mind, into our thoughts and what's going on and how we view our own transformation. So I'm really excited about the show. Before we and um, introduce our guests and introduce the book that we're talking about today. I'm going to jump right into what we like to call our time of journaling and, and being able to um, write down our thoughts and having your own personal shift because I truly believe that there is honesty from pen to paper. So we get to write down our thoughts and we get to share them if you choose. But remember, journaling, it's all about you and it's about you getting real with yourself. So our journaling exercise for today is all about mindful eating and about when do we eat and how do we eat. And we've done this question before, but it's time for us to go maybe a little bit deeper. Um, And we're talking about emotional eating today. So uh, let's talk about journaling about when do you eat and why do you eat and what are the things you put into your body and are you eating to make yourself feel better? Or are you eating because you truly know that food is about nourishing the body? And I journal about this quite a bit because I've dealt with emotional eating in my life and I still deal with it. I'm very mindful of the fact that sometimes when I'm feeling depressed, I'm looking for that next piece of chocolate. And I have to be aware of why am I putting the chocolate to my body? Well, I feel better. Maybe for a moment I'll feel better, but then there is what I call the highs and the crashes where I'll go up and I'll peak, but then I'll crash after eating the chocolate. So sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not, but it's all about a learning. It's all about the learning process of when I'm eating and why I'm eating and, and what's going on with that. So for me, writing and journaling about why I'm eating is very important for me to connect with, with, with ways that I can maybe control the eating. Also, another way of looking at this is that it, it, it is that when are you eating? Is are you eating late at night? Is it um, early in the morning, or, or what are your purposes for eating, and why are you eating? And that's a very important that thing that we can kind of begin to discuss. And in that discussion, you'll find out where are the places where you're hitting the mark and you're not hitting the mark. Remember, there's no judgment, but there is just awareness. So being able to connect with that. So that's what we're, we're journaling about this week. And hit us up on Facebook, shift, at skip, shift with Skip. Hit us up on Facebook and let us know what's going on in your life and where you're going to be and, and, and what's happening, you know, and, and so we can support you. A couple of things I need to uh, announce from my 
producer Marie, she's saying, make sure you announce and Mauricio, my, my marketing manager. So we're going to announce a few things that's happening with myself and, and traveling around the country coming up very soon. In fact, next week we kick off our season of fitness where I will be a part of the SCW Fitness Tour. And the SCW Fitness Tour will be all over the country. And last year, some of you guys came out to some of the conventions I was at. And I got a chance to speak to you, and you told me you're, you're, you listen on a daily basis or a weekly basis, and I'm pretty um, amazed by that, and thank you for doing that. So here are the dates, and we'll put this up on my website coming up in the next couple of weeks, so they'll be up on that, and will be in the newsletter as well. So um, Philadelphia Mania is coming up in February 20th through the 22nd. Empower Fusion is coming up March 5th through the 7th. California Mania in San Francisco is March 27th through the 29th. Florida Mania in Orlando, that is May 1st through the 3rd. Atlanta Mania is July 10th through the 12th. Dallas Mania, August 28th through the 30th. Chicago Mania Midwest, September 25th through the 27th. A couple other engagements that I'm not um, clear on the dates, but I'll have those as soon as I can, and I'll put those up as well for Idea Fitness and CanFit Pro in Toronto and um, possibly Montreal. So we will be posting where I'll be at and the, the workshops I'll be giving, speaking engagements. Also, we're talking about Lotus Kitchen. Lotus Kitchen will be out soon, and, and you guys are, are all emailing about the the vegan cookbook that's coming out very soon, and, and myself and Gwen Keneally, I'm going to have her on as a guest coming up soon so we can keep this conversation. And the book is, we got the first draft, and we're looking at it, and we're making our tweaks and our changes, so keep hope alive. It's coming out soon, my friends, so, um, and look for the Lotus Kitchen. Also, go to my website, skipjennings.com. You're able to download my DVDs. There are four fitness DVDs you're able to download. My book, Spirit Explosion, is out on hard copy. I'll send that out, or you can get it as a downloadable ebook through Amazon, and also through iTunes. So a lot of information. And don't forget to sign up for the newsletter because we send out a newsletter on a weekly basis at skipjennings.com. We give information for the transformation of your mind, body, and spirit from the team from the Mind, Body, Spirit Solution. That's my crew, my team, and we want to help you to have your own transformation. So we are jumping into a great conversation with my new friend, and um, I'm a big supporter of what he's doing. His name is Asher Fox, and he has a great new book out called Fat to Fearless. And I'm excited. I'm reading the book right now, and it's some great information on how to shift the way we think and how do we shift and enjoy permanent weight loss and in emotional eating. Hey, for good. That's what we're talking about. So let me welcome Asher on to our radio show. Hey, buddy, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. It's wonderful to be here. Well, I'm glad that you're here as well, and you're in sunny Orlando, yeah? I am. I'm, I'm in uh, the land of uh, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I love Orlando. We're going to be in Orlando coming up soon for SCW uh, Mania, one of my favorite conventions to do. And I get to go to Disney World, Disney World, right? 
Disney World it's there. Disney We're World the land. You, huh? you guys are the world. We are the land in California. So, and I love Disney. I'm a big fan of Mickey Mouse. So I get to to go and hang hang out with the mouse there. So, well, thank you so much for joining us on the shift, and congratulations on the book. How's it How's it been uh, moving? How's How's it been received out there in 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 our world of fitness? You know, it's really been wonderful. It was a number one Amazon and Kindle bestseller. And, you know, aside from that, you know, what's really exciting about that is the way that it's been received in terms of the results people are getting. The, you know, the book is, was based on my clinical work for 18 years, working with clients and producing just amazing results. You know, whenever you take kind of an interactive process that you do one-on-one and convert it into a format where people, whether, you know, are, are doing it through media, book, videos, whatever the case may be, you know, there's always some concern of how well that's going to translate in terms of people getting right. results. And what's really been exciting has just been the results people have been getting, even just with the book. And uh, the Amazon reviews have just been amazing, and it's uh, it's been really uh, uh, wonderful. Well, you have a very interesting process yourself, your journey in this weight loss field and life coaching and transformation, your own personal journey, your own story. So can you give us a little bit of your own journey, your own story, and your own personal transformation? Oh, definitely. I was an overweight child, and I dealt with all of the things that came with being an overweight child. I was, you know, had social issues, self-worth issues, self-esteem, and you know, I became an overweight adult, and as that continued in dating and these types of things, that only compounded and got worse with rejection and all of that. And I decided I ended up having uh, back surgery because I'd had a car accident years before, but it really was only a minor injury. But because of the weight that I had, it ended up compounding, and I ended up having to have significant surgery and was almost paralyzed. And I decided, you know, something's got to be different, something's got to be changed. And I was getting ready to go off to college, and I decided, you know, I'm going to become a, a certified personal trainer because there's no way that I can know all of this about fitness, know all of this about nutrition, work in a gym, and still be overweight. But I actually was completely wrong about that because I managed to actually gain weight as I was a personal trainer. At one point, I was 300 pounds, you know, working as a personal trainer or trying to work as a personal trainer. And I was actually very successful because I knew of the hearts and minds and the struggles of people who had difficulty with weight. And so I had trouble attracting clients. But what I didn't realize is my own weight was enabling them. You know, they, they didn't feel pressure to change, train or to change as much as if they were working with one of the stereotypical, you know, Arnold over there, you know, in the gym type trainers. But at the same time, I was providing them with something that that person couldn't, which was understanding. But at the end of the day, I realized, you know, I, I was eating for emotional reasons, and knowledge doesn't produce change. It doesn't matter how much I knew about fitness and nutrition. You know, knowledge doesn't produce change. It's, it's you know, that emotional transformational experience. So I turned from working in fitness and nutrition to working in the mind and, and psychology and subconscious mind. And I became a clinical hypnotherapist, subconscious behaviorist, a cognitive behavioral coach, and really solved my own weight problem. And, you know, began working with clients in the same way. And for the past 18 years, that's what I've done. I've specialized in helping people achieve permanent weight loss by resolving the underlying emotional issues that drive them to eat. You know, your story is is phenomenal in in the fact that, first of all, it's it, I've never seen a 300-pound personal trainer before, and I can just imagine, but also your transformation of realizing it was more than just the body. And I, 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 I really applaud you on that because that's the 
biggest transformation that I want to share with my clients, yo-yo dieting, and I'm sure you've seen it, you've had it in your own life. What is the biggest shift in thinking around yo-yo dieting that you can give our listeners? Well, first, it's just, you know, the very simple understanding, you know, the, the kind of cliched phrase of doing the same thing and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. Insanity. You know, over, over, <laughs> right. and, over and over again, we do this yo-yo thing. And the, the number one thing is people need to stop that. They need to realize that they're going to have to do something different if they want to get a different result. And, you know, what's different isn't the diet or the fitness plan because the truth is they all work. You know, some work better than others, some are healthier than others, some are faster than others, but they all work if you stick with them long enough. You know, the commonality of the failure is our inability to follow through consistently, and that always mm -hmm. has to do with what's going on in our hearts and in our minds. So until we turn to that, until we start looking at, hey, why is it that I can't stick with this? What is it that's going on that causes me to feel bad and turn to food to feel better? Until we address that, you know, everything else is really just pointless. You know, in your book, and I, I'm, I, I commend you on how you broke down your book. Part one, you're talking about the beginning, which is, you know, yeah, let's start at the beginning. But then you break it down into the mind in part two. And part three, you go into your belief system. Part four, you're talking about the new body and your beliefs. And then part five, you really get into the eating and your emotional eating. And then part six, you're talking about living fearlessly. So you're actually going from the basics of the base of of transformation starting at the beginning to living fearless so is that part of your own journey it was is this derived out of your 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 personal transformation very much so you know the the thing that i my clients have the advantage that they have and people who are going through the program and reading the book is that it's not trial and error for them. You know, this is something that I've worked with with, you know, thousands of people over the past 18 years. But for me, you know, it was somewhat trial and error of bringing this all together in my own transformation and then learning, you know, how it varies from person to person. But I'm a big believer that true change, you have to address things both consciously, subconsciously, and environmentally. And, you know, subconsciously mm -hmm. is really where it's at because everything is an output of that. You know, essentially right. our lives, are, you know, are the template that we hold in our subconscious. But we, our environment evolves to support us in maintaining our subconscious beliefs. So things like who our friends are, where we work, our habits, our behaviors. But beyond that, there's also the conscious mind. And a lot of times people who go into things like hypnotherapy or studying the subconscious, mm -hmm. they tend to dismiss that because, you know, the conscious mind is only eight to nine, you know, eight to 12% of our mental functioning. So it's very easy to dismiss that. But, you know, it's kind of like I use the analogy of, you know, if you've ever worked somewhere and there's that boss that doesn't really do anything, but, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't make him feel like he's doing something, he's going to create problems and make it harder for everyone else to do their job. And that's kind of the right. conscious mind. You know, you, you have to appease the conscious mind. But the one thing that you have to do is a lot of education. So that's what part one is, is, you know, you have to you have to bring the conscious mind to the point where it's really willing to look into the subconscious. And that's a lot of what it is in the beginning of the book is that educational component of understanding the conscious, the subconscious, what's really been going on and how to begin to change that. And then we obviously get into the change as we go further into the book. And you also talk a lot about fear in the beginning. And what is your definition of fear? Uh, well, you know, obviously fear is anything, you know, fear, fear is an emotion. And fear right. can serve a fear can serve productive purposes. You know, I mean, everything that we have, you know, both evolutionary 
evolutionarily from a biological perspective, but also from a psychological perspective, developed because it served a purpose at some point in time. And, you know, fear, you know, serves a, a valuable purpose. It lets us know things that we, you know, are, are have danger that we should avoid. You know, if I'm sitting on a, on a, next to a busy highway, you know, I, there's valid fear that I should not walk into the middle of the street in front of a car. But the problem is that a lot of these things kind of morph and become attached to other things and become unhealthy. So when it comes to weight loss, there's both what we, the conscious fear, which is, oh, you know, I'm going to be fat forever. I'm going to, you know, I'm not good enough, these types of things. But there's also usually a very powerful subconscious fear. You know, believe it or not, most people who've struggled with weight their whole lives have a subconscious fear of losing that weight because they're getting something out of it that they don't even realize because it's subconscious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what, one of the things that I talk to my clients about is when they come to me and go, well, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy being the size that I'm at and I just want to be a little bit healthier. And I'm going, okay, well, let's, let's work with that. Well, what is, your, what is your take on that when people go, okay, I'm, I'm happy the size I'm at, I know I need to lose a little weight, but I, I'm okay with being right where I'm at. What's your take on that? Well, you know, it varies from person to person. You know, it's one thing if right. a person is, you know, not necessarily obese, but, you know, they're not necessarily ideal. You know, there may be some truth to that. But, you know, when mm-hmm. clients come to me and they're significantly overweight, you know, I know that mm-hmm. there's a lot of denial that's going on there. You know, one of the things that I, in my research for the book, that I ran across was a lot of websites, you know, kind of big and beautiful type websites where people were a hundred plus pounds overweight and they were writing daily blogs about how happy they were, you know, being overweight. Now, when people are really happy about something, they don't need to go out and shout it every day, you know, they they simply own it and live it. And there is a a reality show that's out there right now that's talking about that. And, um, Mm -hmm. and that, you know, she's, she's a dancer and she's, big and she loves herself just the way she is but she's not healthy i mean and then that's just my my as a professional looking at that going that okay yeah and and as a professional from the psychological end of things i can tell you that you know it's really not possible because ultimately our body you know has a homeostatic relationship in in terms of what we feel about ourselves on the inside so if our body is unhealthy there's no way that we have true psychological, emotional, and mental health because our body's an output of essentially what we believe about ourselves and what we believe we deserve. So, you know, someone who is saying that is, you know, is in a pretty big state of denial, you know, but I want to be clear. I'm also not saying that people need to look like fitness models and they need to, you know, be in perfect condition all the time. Because you know, that, fitness that, models don't that, look that like fitness bit... models. No, they don't. I, I was yeah. Saying, yeah, fitness models don't look like fitness models. We, when I do a fitness shoot, I am on a very extreme diet, and I want to kill myself by the end of the shoot. And oh, I'm dehydrated, absolutely. and they have the guts. And when I'm doing a when I'm doing a, a video shoot, it's the most unhealthy way I live when I'm doing fitness modeling or if I'm doing a video shoot. It's so unhealthy. And I want people to understand that when we do these shoots, we're not healthy. Right, absolutely. And that's, you know, there was a period of my life where I was in fitness modeling condition. And, and in many mm. ways, that was, uh, my, that was the lowest point of my self-esteem because that was I kind of swung mm. in the opposite direction. And, sure. uh, and people don't realize that looking like that is a full-time job. 
you know, and for that period of time, it, it requires a dedication and a focus that's not realistic. And it pushes your body to a degree that, you know, is, uh, like you say, you know, unhealthy. And then, you know, we can get into, you know, you've done these photo shoots. People don't realize necessarily how much shading and makeup and then subsequent Photoshop right. sometimes is used. And it's it promotes a very unrealistic ideal. Mm. So let's talk about your foundation of Fat to Fearless. You have a foundation, and reading your foundation, I think it's brilliant because you talk about exercising the, the body, the mind, and the soul. So can you give our listeners a little bit of insight on the foundation of Fat to Fearless? Absolutely. The, at the core is the understanding that the subconscious mind, one of its primary functions is to prove ourselves right. You know, and what that means is it doesn't mean those kind of casual uh, things that we believe about ourselves, you know, on a, on a conscious level that shifts from day to day. But at a deep subconscious level, what do we believe about ourselves? What are our core beliefs? And in people that I've worked with over the years that suffer from chronic weight issues, significant weight issues, there's always some flavor of I'm not good enough. You know, I'm unworthy, I'm unlovable, you know, I'm going to be alone, I don't deserve happiness. You know, something that usually came from childhood that they have there. And the subconscious mind doesn't argue with that. The subconscious mind simply takes beliefs and says, okay, well, this is our model of the world, so I'm going to create our world from this model. And it drives perceptions, behaviors, and, and uh, you know, all of our actions, and even the people we allow into our lives. It, uh, you know, drives all of that to kind of create that for us. And, and you can see that if you look around with just your friends, for instance. You know, there's that friend that, you know, that maybe that female friend that believes, well, all men cheat. And somehow she always ends up with guys that cheat, whereas, in, you know, her friends don't, you know, because of that belief she has. You know, her perceptions, choices, behaviors are all driven to recreate that. Well, it works the same way with weight loss. In a society that prizes being being thin and having this particular image, you know, as we promote perhaps unhealthily in, in Western culture, there's no better way for your subconscious mind to prove to you that you're unworthy, unlovable, not good enough than to drive you to be overweight. So essentially, you know, uh, you know, that's kind of the foundation is that we have to heal those deeper subconscious beliefs about yourself that's really, you know, the, the way to the manifestation of. And you talk about that in part two and part three about the, you know, especially in part three, you talk about the power of belief. One of the things that I, you know, as a spiritual counselor and a coach, life coach, I talk to my, my clients about the power of your thinking and your thoughts and your belief will create your life. The Buddha talks about, the Buddha says that, that we become everything that we thought. And I live by that and I teach by that principle. So if, one thing that I, I remember my mother my mother used to say to me, well, Skip, if you hang out with nine broke people, then you're going to be the tenth person. And I believe that we are – our thinking and our belief system is affected by, you know, things that we brought into our own life, things that we – would you agree with that? Well, absolutely. It, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a symbiotic re relationship there is that mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of ch chicken egg. You know, the re the whole reason that we are allow, using your example, <clears throat> that we would allow ourselves to hang out with nine broke people is because we have a subconscious belief about our, you know, what we deserve in terms of abundance. So we you know, attract those people into our lives and those people just continuously reaffirm those beliefs to us and make our behaviors okay and it's a cycle. You know, whereas in somebody that doesn't have that belief, somebody that believes that, you know, I deserve to be wealthy, I deserve to be abundant, I deserve all of these things, 
you know, they're going to be uncomfortable hanging out with, the, with those types of people. So, you know, we, you know, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, conscious, subconscious, and environmental, and that's kind of that environmental mm-hmm. component. You know, we attract right. them because we have those beliefs, and then they reaffirm those beliefs through a cycle. So when we get into our belief system, and one of the things you talk about in the book, which I love, is you, you address the fact that it's hard to shift our beliefs. Why is it hard to – why is it challenging to shift our belief system? Well, it's challenging because the, the evolution of our psyche and our mind is set up in such a way as to in, intentionally, quote-unquote, if we want to say intentionally from some design perspective, um, mm-hmm. make that difficult. And the reason is – if our core beliefs, you know, we're bombarded with all different type of stimulus and information and experiences throughout the day. And if our beliefs were easy to change, and our beliefs are essentially who we are. So if our beliefs right. were easy to change, we would be a different person every day. You know, right. so the so you know, one of the there are a few different mechanisms that work within the subconscious mind to kind of make it difficult to change beliefs. You know, one is what's called the the what I in my book call the critical gateway sometimes referred to as a critical factor, the critical area of the mind. Can and you explain that for us, please? For... Absolutely. It's, it's partially located in the conscious and, the, and partially in the subconscious mind. But what it does is it filters incoming information, and it only allows things that are consistent with what we already believe to enter the subconscious mm-hmm. mind. So I'll give you an okay. example to kind of si- simplify that. You know, a lot of us have that friend. We'll, we'll call her um, Sad Sally, Okay. So Sad okay. Sally is at work. She 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 has these these no offense to any Sallys because there's also wonderful Sallys I'm sure. This is this is just our right. specific example. Um, <laughs> but, you know, she, she's sitting there at work and nine people can come along and say, you know Sally, you look great today. You know Sally, you did a great job on this. You know Sally, you're just amazing. And if she has those negative subconscious beliefs about her being unworthy or not good enough, what happens is is that information comes in. And it reaches that critical factor of the mind, that critical gateway. And the critical gateway says, hey, you know, this person just said we look great and we're awesome. Is that, do we believe that about ourselves? Subconscious mind says, nope, we believe we're not worthy, we're not good enough. So that information bounces mm. right off. Whereas in, one person can come along and say, you know, Sally, you know, you really didn't do so great on this. Because that's consistent with what we believe, it goes right into the subconscious and affects her. So, you know, you can look at that. Again, everybody has someone like this in their life. Those nine people come along and say great things. And, you know, she might perk up for 10 seconds or so before she starts saying to herself, oh, they're probably just saying that to make me feel better. You know, it has no lasting impact. But that one negative comment, you know, affects her all day. So, you know, that's a very powerful mechanism that's designed to preserve our existing beliefs. And there are a couple others, like the inner critic, that negative voice that tells mm-hmm. us, you know, uh, the negative things about ourselves. And in fact, to fearless, I go into the psychology of how that voice develops. And it's really not what you think it is and how to begin to change that. And then there's even biological components like the reticular activating system that's part of the brainstem that serves a similar function as the critical gateway at a biological level in terms of determining what information that comes in through our five senses is filtered to conscious awareness versus subconscious. So to really change beliefs effectively or rapidly, I guess, is a better way of putting it, you really have to understand these mechanisms and how to bypass them and then how to get them working for you, which is a big part of what Fat to Fearless is about. So using the use of mantras and affirmations, could that help us 
with our critical gateway? Could it help us with our inner critic? Could it help us with that biological connection that you're talking about with with the with the mind and the body? So mantras and affirmations. In your in your experience of them, do they work? They do to a, a to a degree. You know, one of the okay. The, the strengths of the Fat to Fearless program is the the concept that we really have to understand all of these elements of how the mind works, and we have to approach all yep. of these elements, you know, simultaneously or through a, a process or a program. The challenge with most people's affirmations is that, first of all, again, going back to that critical gateway of the mind, if it's right. too divergent from how we feel about ourselves currently, it's just going to be rejected. You know, so mm, it's a matter of under, understanding how to... Yeah, it's a matter of how to understand how to phrase and word and construct affirmations. So, for instance, using your example of the person that had, you know, wealth issues that hangs out with those, those you know, nine broke people, uh, you know, him sitting here saying to himself, I'm rich and I'm wealthy, you know, it, it's so divergent from his experience that it's basically just going to bounce off that critical factor. If anything, so it may actually your- remind him that he's not. And I was just going to say, what you're really talking about is the fact that we can have all the affirmations, all the intentions, and all the things we want, but if we don't shift our actions to really make it real, it's not going to work. Is that what you're saying? Well, that's certainly a component, but part of it, you know, language is a very powerful thing. So using that example, that, that person may sit here and say, you know, I'm rich, I'm wealthy, and that's just going to be so counter to his experience, it's going to have no effect. So it's a matter of making it incremental. So in the beginning, that mantra, that affirmation may be something like, I'm open to seeing the, the possibility of abundance in my life, you know. And then that may be the affirmation for 30 days. Then the affirmation becomes, every day I'm seeing more proof that I, I can live an abundant life. And you begin to kind of reprogram the subconscious that way. Of course, you know, it's also some beliefs are so deep that, you know, you do need some other work beyond that. And in fact, if you're this, I go into some other modalities to, to make those, you know, deeper shifts as well. Well, let's talk about this. Let's just shift from abundance because I, I, I love talking about abundance and I speak on abundance quite a bit. Let's get right back to what we're talking about. I have friends and I, I have, you know, students that come into my yoga class or my spin class where I teach for Equinauts here in Pasadena and L.A. who have not lost the weight and they've tried so hard time after time after time after time. What can you tell me about their critical gateway it could be, it could be because everyone's different, like you said. What could be in the middle of their critical gateway that's stopping them, that's blocking them from actually dropping the weight this time? Because I know you talk well, about this in your, your, in your own book. You go, okay, how did I do this again? How did I get back here? I dropped the weight and then I came. So what is, what's in that critical gateway that they can shift? Well, first, the one thing that I will stress is that everyone is unique and individual, and that's really right. you know the power power of the process of Fat to Fearless is there's a lot of diagnostic tools to kind of figure out okay what specifically is going on with me, but it can be a few things. I mean, ultimately, any time that we're consciously wanting to do something, like we really really want to do it, 
we believe, yet we're not able to do it. There's a conscious subconscious conflict. So they there's they've got to deal with what's going on in their subconscious. And one of the things, one of the laws of, of mind is what's called the law of reverse effect, which says that the greater mm-hmm. the conscious effort, the less the subconscious mind responds. So an example of that would be if you've ever really been trying to remember a name and you, the more you try, you just can't remember. And then as soon as you stop right. a few minutes later, it pops into your head. So a lot of times this conscious that's really trying, not only is your subconscious not helping you, but you're getting pushback if it conflicts with your beliefs. So one is, is you know, you've got to address the subconscious component. Two, you know, they're the, what they're trying to consciously achieve, the body that they want, may be in conflict with what they subconsciously believe they deserve. But third is a very powerful concept called secondary gain. And secondary gains is basically when we consciously believe we want something to produce some type of result, yet we have a very powerful, you know, competing subconscious, you know, uh, reason for not achieving that. So with weight loss, it can be a lot of things, and it can be as individual as the person. You know, on one extreme, you know, I've dealt with people who are barely five feet tall, you know, women, for instance, who are 400 pounds, and they can't lose weight even though they're near death. And when I get in there and start working with them, we find that they were sexually abused as children. So the weight is a protective mechanism to make them unattractive to men in their eyes. So, you know, no matter how much they want to consciously lose weight, there's a more powerful subconscious benefit, which is I, I uh, you know, need the protection. And that's an extreme, but it can be much more minor things as we work up the scale. You know, a lot of times people will start to lose weight and their significant other becomes insecure and it puts pressure on the relationship. So they subconsciously sabotage themselves or, you know, they're just not, um, they're just uncomfortable, you know, with attention from the opposite sex. So that will, will be a major factor. But the primary secondary gain, and this is kind of where fat to fearless leads to, is that everybody that has ever wanted to lose weight, a significant amount of weight their entire life, they, you can ask any of them, and we all have a list you know, of what we're going to do when that happens. You know, when I lose weight, I'm going to start dating. I'm going to meet that special person. When, um, when you know, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to be more social. I'm going to, you know, whatever the case may be. And ultimately, we think that the weight is what's keeping us from doing that. But what it really is, is it goes back to those core beliefs. You know, we're afraid that what if, you know, we start to date and nobody wants us? What if, you know, we can't make friends because, you know, people don't like it. You know, it's those self-esteem issues. And the weight is actually a protective mechanism to keep you from having to go out in the world and face that. So as long as I have the weight, I'm able to tell myself, yeah, I'm go- I-, I know that I'm going to find that right person. I just got to lose the weight. And as long as you don't lose the weight, yep. you're able to preserve hope that's going to happen. So whenever they get close to losing that weight and they're, they're actually at the point where they may actually have to go out into the world and, and try this for real, they get a powerful subconscious pushback and they start to self-sabotage. You know what? This is what we talk about in spiritual counseling. We talk about the deep-rooted issues, these deep-rooted issues that we have to reveal and we have to uncover. And it's a releasing of these deep-rooted issues that hold us back from living our greatest life possible. Um, I, I, I love this approach. But let's, because we, we only have about you know, 12 minutes left, let's talk about living fearlessly. What's the biggest thing that someone can do to live fearlessly? And after they've gone through the process of uncovering these deep-rooted issues and they're willing to do the work, what does living fearlessly mean for you? What, what does that mean? Well, the very first thing that living fearlessly means is exactly what you just said. It means willing to do the work because, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately, 
you know, weight issues and emotional eating is is really a, a neurotic mechanism designed to avoid dealing with, you know, deeper emotional pain. You know, Jung said, Carl Jung said that, you know, onerosis is a substitute for legitimate suffering. So living right. seriously, you know, re- really means whenever I am confronted with something, you know, within myself that, you know, I, I want to deal with or I don't want to deal with, I have a choice. I have a choice of take, tackling it head on and dealing with it or, you know, beginning to embrace these maladaptive mechanisms, whether it's emotional eating, drug addiction, sex addiction, gambling, you know, Internet, whatever the case may be. So that's the first step in living fearlessly. And as you, you know, that's the beginning. You know, ultimately the question of whether or not any type of therapeutic intervention is effective is have you suffered enough? You know, have you suffered enough that, you know, the the pain of this maladaptive mechanism like emotional eating is now greater than the pain of really doing the work? And eventually, as you go through the process and you begin to dismantle these negative beliefs and heal them, living fearlessly essentially means doing the things that you want to do now as opposed to waiting for the weight loss to, to lose the weight. Because quite frequently, that weight is, like I would mentioned, it's kind of a secondary gain mechanism to protect you. You know, and I'll give you a perfect example. I had a, a client recently I was working with on the Internet through Skype sessions who had a fear of commitment with men. You know, she didn't want to date because she had this fear of commitment. So she always said, well, when I lose the weight, I'm going to do it. Now, I knew the weight was really something protecting her from facing that. And, you know, I got her to the point where we overcame enough of her issues where she was willing to do this. I said, well, let's start dating now and not worry about losing the weight. And, you know, we're, we're going to address the weight, but let's not, let, let's not let that be that criteria. And as soon as she started dating anyway, basically her subconscious no longer had a reason to preserve the weight because the weight was designed to protect her from dating. So once she was dating, it wasn't serving any psychological purpose. And with little to no effort, the weight simply came off. And that's really what living fearlessly is about, is, you know, tackling the deeper issues that are creating things like an inability to lose weight, as opposed to working at the symptom level where you're just going to repeat the same cycle over and over again. You say in, you say in Chapter 24, which I love, you have to feel the fear and do it anyway. And when oh, we are oh. willing to embrace that fear and we move into it to do it anyway, that is fearlessly living a life. Because I believe we're all going to feel fear no matter what, but it's just not being debilitated by the fear. We're going to move through it anyway. What do you say to that? Oh, I completely agree. And that's what the, the whole process really is about because, you know, if a client first comes to me and, and I say, okay, you know, go out and do this even though you're afraid, you know, it's not going to happen more times than not because, you know, the fear is too strong because of all of the underlying negative beliefs and these types of things. So the first, all of the first sections or sections leading up to the living fearlessly section of Fat to Fearless is dismantling those negative beliefs, reinforcing your self-esteem and getting you to a point where you can actually do that. You can actually make that choice to feel fear and do it anyway. What's your modality of exercise? What do you like to do, your own personal exercise your own personal fitness well i do a lot of outdoor things i've since uh uh writing a lot requires a lot of indoor activity i do a lot of hiking and right. things like that you know i, I do do mm. a daily resistance training program a split routine and and cardio as well and um you know we have some programs that are going to be coming out in um 
for health clubs as well that health clubs can can take advantage of and offer to to uh, their members to kind of boost their retention, helping clients overcome these things. So at the moment, I'm preparing for a photo shoot for that, which, like we talked about <laughs> at the beginning, is, is, a, is a little more than than the other than than normal. But uh, you know, typically I'll do split routine resistance training, some cardio, and right. a lot of outdoor activity. I, I I work for the Spiral Fit Network, um, SpiralFit.com, and it's an online fitness network. And my my the other trainers on the network were always talking about, oh my goodness, we have to prepare for the shoot this month, and that's always the most challenging month in in my own personal journey. But um, you have a giveaway for our listeners, and I should announce that at the top of the show. But tell tell our listeners about the giveaway that you're offering. Yeah, if, if they go to uh, my website, which is asherfox.com, and register, uh, in the coming days we're having a whole series of things that are getting ready to come out simultaneously, which is a series of tutorial videos that detail the primary ways your subconscious mind can sabotage weight loss, how to overcome it, as well as a stop craving toolkit, which is essentially a series of techniques they can use to instantly stop cravings, you know, and and get control of that. So if they just go to asherfox.com and put their email address in, uh, they'll get all of that in their email. Free of well, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm actually doing it and because uh, I want to get some information and I think it's 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 some great stuff that you're doing out on in in this world on this planet and you're shifting you know one client at a time and and if we can do that then we're going to make a difference and we're going to beat this battle of of weight loss and all that so here's a, and I just got an email or a text from my friend Bill he says he's registering right now so people are listening and they're registering right now so thank you for that giveaway um, I always ask my my guests what does the shift mean for you. The show's called The Shift, and I'm always having my own shift. I'm coming as a student, although sometimes you're talking about the same field that I'm working in. I'm having my own personal transformation today. I'm having a shift the way I'm thinking. But what does a shift mean for you this week? Uh, well, you know, the shift, uh, a shift for me is really powerful in the sense that it, it happens instantly, yet there's so much that goes into the preparation of being ready for that shift. So, you know, I think a lot of, you know, when I think of the shifts in my own life, you know, what I attach to them is gratitude because, you know, we go through a lot of struggles, a lot of difficulties in life. You know, we, you know, like the yo-yo weight cycle, for instance. And, you know, we look at those things and there's, there's suffering and there's heartache behind them, you know, whether it's bad relationships or what have you. But the power of a shift is all of a sudden all of that makes sense. You know, all of a sudden there was a reason for all of that. And, you know, it not only takes you to a higher level of functioning in terms of all of that making sense, but all of a sudden there's a lot of gratitude for a lot of those things that you went through. And and I think that's really what a shift for me is about. We must be grateful for the life that we have so we can manifest the life that we want. Gratitude is key. And one of the things that I do in my own personal journey is I like to sandwich my life with gratitude. Gratitude in the beginning, gratitude in the end. And once I am grateful for my life, then it feels as if it's enough. And then transformation truly happens with ease and grace. So I'm glad you mentioned gratitude because that's a big part and it's a big practice, too. It's not okay just to have an attitude of gratitude, but it's a practice of gratitude. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Where can our listen, listeners find you? Uh, they can find me at asherfox.com. And uh, okay. I'm also launching next month my own radio show, which is going to uh, – and I would love to have you on as a guest. 
Uh, I will definitely be there. I will definitely be there. It'd be awesome. And uh, congratulations on that. Blog Talk Radio as well, right? Uh, it'll be blog talk and then, you know, distribution through iTunes and those sorts of things as well. And when they sign up for the free uh, Stop Cravings Toolkit as well as the video series, they'll also get announcements on when the radio show is airing. That is so awesome. Thank you so much for, for the work that you're doing. Um, you know, before we before we shut down, can you give our listeners one big tip they can do right now to shift their subconscious? One thing. Well, one of one of the things they can do is actually sit down and listen to their subconscious, and that means listen to their emotions. You know, the next time that they want to reach for food to feel better, instead take right. a moment, sit down, close your eyes, tune into where those feelings are in your body, and figure out what what you're really feeling and what you really want that you're using food as a substitute for. And take one step towards achieving that as opposed to reaching for food, which is actually just going to create a cycle of making you feel worse. And if if someone goes through your program, do you give them healthy eating tips, mindful eating um, choices they can do instead of grabbing the candy bar, maybe grabbing an apple? Do you guide, will you guide them through with that and give them ideas on how they can do that? I, I the, actually don't, and the reason for that okay. is that th- this is such powerful information and, and such a powerful shift in people is that, right. you know, one of the things that I wanted to do was allow myself to partner with people in the fitness and the nutrition industry and let them really, you know, provide this missing link to people. And, you know, I didn't want to take away from their expertise. So the program is set up so that health clubs, personal trainers, you know, weight loss clinics can implement the program with their clients without, you know, you know, me getting in their areas of expertise. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Asher. We appreciate the work that you're doing here, and um, you're changing lives, man. So thank you so much, you guys. Remember, be the shift that you want to see in your own life. Be the shift that you want to see, and everything is possible, and it just takes time, and be willing to do the work and go on your own personal journey. Guys, remember... Connect with us on Facebook and on Twitter and my website, SkipJennings.com. We appreciate you listening. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care, Asher. Thank you. Peace and blessings, everyone.